I've been wrestling with a suitable way to start this episode for quite some time, trying not to sound clumsy or trite, and you'll soon realise why. It's about a new charity that's been established in Wargrave. That's the simple bit. The next part is not so straightforward, because it deals with a situation that is almost beyond comprehension. The charity is run by bereaved parents for bereaved parents, It's called Footprint Baby Loss and it provides vital support for families who've lost one or more of their twins and triplets before, during or after birth. Susie Schofield and Sharon Dark are the co-founders. I was lucky enough to speak to them about the story behind the charity and the difference it's already made to people's lives. They also gave words of advice to those who struggle with what to say to friends who've lost a child. I started by asking Susie how she and Sharon met. Um, well, I met Sharon about 11 years ago, um, soon after my twins, Rory and Daniel, passed away. Um, and I kind of reached out for some support, which is sort of peer-to-peer support. And Sharon was my befriender. Um, so I used to speak to her on the phone um, kind of about once a month for an hour or two. Um, and she just really gave me like just incredible critical support in those early few months um, after the twins died. And um, and that that led on to just getting to know her family and her getting to know mine a little bit. Um, and then actually in the long run, we both ended up sort of volunteering and working in the baby loss charity sector together. And Sharon, tell me a bit about your story as well. There was a reason, I guess, that... Uh you and Susie could make such a good connection? Yeah, so um, my twin boys, um, Charlie and Joshua, were born 24 years ago now. Um, They were born prematurely and Charlie lived for a week and Joshua lived for two weeks. Um, I then got some support myself, some peer-to-peer support, which at the time, as Susie said, was an absolute lifeline, just talking to somebody else who had least twin boys. Um, it you know it was really exciting to find out I was expecting twins and then to lose them um, it felt really lonely um, so then I volunteered um, at charity as a befriender um, for about 14 years and supported many many families many mums and dads um, who had lost their twins um, before working myself um, as a bereaved twin and triplet bereavement lead um, and yeah then Susie was one of the people that um, came to us for support. And like she said, we um, developed a friendship quite quickly. um, And we're luckily quite close together. So we would meet up and our our children would play together and things like that. Yeah, yeah, Susie, back to you. Uh, How valuable was it to be connected to someone who'd been through something so similar? Yeah, I think that for for me i had um lots of different types of support after i lost the twins and um some of that was professional support all of the support i got from family and friends and everything was was really you know helpful but the most helpful support for me was speaking to somebody who had that exact sort of well very similar lived experience um as well and just seemed to kind of get what i was saying um, just understood all those complex emotions you have at that time. You know, there's there's so many different emotions that you feel. Um, and, and as Sharon's already mentioned, there's the loneliness as well, which although, you know, you can be surrounded by people um, until you, you get to speak to people who've actually 
experienced a very similar type of loss. You just start to feel connected to people. And, and that's what I found. Susie, is there any other similar kind of support out there? Is this unique? This this is pretty unique in terms of it of it being a charity that is run entirely by people who are also bereaved of a twin or triplet. Um, so Sharon and I obviously are, but we have an amazing group of volunteers um, who are also all bereaved parents. We've got mums and dads. We've got a granny, um, and all, all of them, you know, are I suppose having found that support helpful them, themselves. Um, or wanting to find, you know, um, something good to come out of their really traumatic and difficult experiences. Um, and this is a way of kind of giving back, I suppose. What has um, the reaction been from people who have, um, you know, experienced footprints, baby loss from families, the success stories, if you like, for want of a better phrase? Yeah, we, we, we've had already, you know, we've only been going three weeks and we've had people coming from all over. So we've had people all over the UK. We've had people, I've had somebody from Australia, someone from Netherlands, um, America. And I think nearly everybody who comes to us, um, whether it's like by an email, uh, by a tele uh, telephone call, it's that feeling of being with somebody who gets it somebody who understands often you know we've been the first person that those people have ever spoken to about their twins or their triplets um you know we they, they get to say their names they tell us all about them questions that don't always you know get asked to you after you lose a baby um so yeah just generally a feeling hopefully a feeling of being welcomed into a community that obviously nobody wants to be in because nobody wants their babies you know, to have died, but, you know, we are in this situation and it's just, you know, one of um, of, of warmth and hopefully a safe space where, where people can share. And we have um, online communities as well. So if people aren't quite ready to pick up the phone and have a conversation, they can share in a Facebook group, um, like I've already said, by email. So we have online groups. We've had one online group so far and we've got one next week. Um, a bit like this where we'll have a Zoom call um, and people can share in a really safe, small space there. So, you know, we, we've tried to really think about the different ways we offer support and hope that, you know, there is one way or or more than one way that will suit everybody. How on earth do you cope, um, deal with the emotion um, when you hear these awful, awful stories of grief from so many people? It must be so difficult for you. Yeah, it, it it is hard. Um, it, it's really hard, and um, but I and I, I don't really know the answers in terms of sort of how we cope. We you know we we um, we definitely support each other. We've got lots of support mechanisms in place for for ourselves and definitely for our volunteers as well because it's a, it is a lot to kind of relive your own experience of loss and trauma and things. Um, but I I think because we've because we felt how helpful that was for us we we know how helpful that is for um the people we're speaking to you know and we get really lovely uh feedback even when we just speak to somebody you know for that first time and they the, you know that sense of relief that they um express just in in being able to kind of talk so openly um and candidly about you know some of the things that they're feeling so um yeah I, and i think we probably just over time 
you know, I definitely couldn't have done what I'm doing now um, in those early years after losing my twins. I think that it's something that you just sort of build over time, um, that ability to to listen to other stories. But I don't know, Sharon, would you add anything yeah, I, to that? I was just going to say, for me as well, it's always been really, really important to keep my twins' memory alive. And I love to say their names. I love to talk about them. I love when people ask me about them. So for us, it that's nice as well. We've got, you know, a lovely network of, you know, a lovely community of people that we can share our experiences with. Um, and, and that feels really special. Just one other thing to add to that is just that we also, um, as a charity, kind of are um, focusing on uh, getting kind of the word out there with, in terms of the care that people are receiving, even in hospitals and things. So that bereavement care from the midwives and the neonatal nurses and all the, the health professionals that are involved. And I think it's really lovely to build up those connections as well and to kind of feel that we are hopefully, in, you know, improving um, what might be going on uh, in, in those settings as well, just by telling our stories and supporting other people, you know, through those times. And yeah, it's a sort of bigger picture as well. Sharon, you touched on it just a moment ago. Um, what do you say to people, I guess, um, people who don't know about your families uh, or don't know you and they might say, hey, uh, um, you know, do you have a family or anything like that? How do you answer that? How do you respond? Yeah, I think I think for me, it depends a little bit. You know, in the in the early days, I would tell everyone all the time about the twins. And sometimes, you know, that could be quite a difficult conversation when you're just, you know, meeting someone in a shop or something. Someone happens to see a photo in your purse or something like that. But I think now I've, you know, I've I've realized that some of those conversations can be tricky. Um, but I do like to say about my twins. So I'll I'll, I'll often say I've got um two other children, Jessica and Samuel, who are older now, they're 23 and 21, and I had twins and they would be 24. Um, and yeah, most, mostly people are good and I get a nice reaction, but sometimes, like I say, it, it can be a tricky reaction, but most people do know about them. I do, I do talk about them a lot. Um, and I do a lot of fundraising, um, and we will be doing lots of fundraising for our new charity. So people have been really lovely and supportive. You know, I've done a couple of marathons and I've done, um, different, different types of support, um, fundraising over the years, um, as they would have got to certain ages. So like when they're eight, they were 18, I, I got, I did a nice, um, 18th fundraiser. And, uh, Susie crossing to you now. Um, I must admit this is, you know, I've done hundreds and hundreds of interviews over the years, but this has got to be one of, one of the hardest I've ever had to do knowing quite what to ask. Um, it, it, it's really, really tricky. So I, I wonder what kind of advice you'd give, what would you say to just people who are speaking to you about this kind of thing, who I imagine they can feel incredibly awkward not quite knowing what to say. Um, and it sounds daft, really, but any advice you give to them, what kind of, what things they should ask, what they shouldn't ask, what boundaries they shouldn't cross, what do you, what do you yeah. think? I, I don't think it's a daft question at all. I think it's um, something we get asked all the time. And I think it's really understandable. You know, I, I think we all we can all think of um, situations we've been in where we're with somebody who's, you know, experienced the death of whether it's, you know, a husband or a granny or, you know, a child. And it's really hard to know what to say. Um, but having experienced that loss um, and all I would all I would say is is 
that actually the most important thing is that people do acknowledge your babies. Um, and I think something that's really hard for other people to imagine um, around baby loss is that when you have those babies and if they die, you still have that same huge overwhelming sense of sort of pride that you, you know, that you have when you have a living baby. And um, and you want to talk about your babies and you want to share um, as much information about them as possible if if people are you know are okay to listen, and and that it's okay for people to kind of not feel able to do that. But but if if people are, then um, I would definitely say you know um, acknowledgement and and asking people. And and I suppose another bit of advice would just be to kind of be guided by the person who's lost that baby or babies. So. Um, using similar language that they're using, you, you know, whether people use the word death or loss, um, whether they're using their baby's names or not, or, you know, or actually just saying, just saying, I don't really know what to say is okay. It's still an, uh, an acknowledgement. And um, yeah, I, I don't know if that's helpful. And, and I'm sure Sharon might add, add something onto that, but yeah. I think you answered that really well. And I think, you know, the thing that Susie's just touched on is that we're all different and we're different, different days as well. So, you know, especially when people are in the early stages of that really, really raw grief, as much as you might want to talk about it, you might have odd days where you're maybe at work or you're in the middle of Tesco's or something that's just not appropriate or you just can't do it at that point. So I think Susie's um, suggestion of just being guided by the person is a really, really valid one. And, you know, we have people and we've spoken to people that, you know, will be in their family, uh, you know, amongst their family for a weekend or a week or on holiday and their babies aren't acknowledged the whole time. And I think that that can be really, really tough. And sometimes in those early days, you're not really strong enough to guide that conversation or to suggest that you might like to talk about it. <laughs> There's no right or wrong. It's it's a really yeah. impossible thing to answer. And that's why, you know, I don't ever want anyone to feel that they've done the wrong thing. Um, it's, it's just one of those things you have to kind of... Um, go down that road you know to get together if it's a friend or a family member and you just work your way through it and sometimes you'll get it spot on other days you might you know do be the other end of the spectrum but but probably most of the time you know you're doing a really good job supporting that person finally then um i'll start with you susie on this one um 10 years time looking to the future if you could briefly kind of summarize for me what are your hopes for the charity i just hope that we are in a position where we can be sustaining that support. Um, we've got loads of ideas on top of the support we're already offering, um, loads of, of really good ideas actually on how we can try and reach further and appeal um, to lots of you know different communities and different um, kind of groups within that bereavement community. Uh, so it would be lovely to have, have potentially kind of introduced some new things um, and, and, and maybe have seen um, a bit of a, a bit more of an impact just in terms of, um, you know, improving bereavement care um, across the country, really ac across the UK, particularly, may maybe even further, you never know, but it's such a postcode lottery at the moment. Um, what, what cares out there? There's loads of incredible bereavement care, but it, it does vary from, from hospital to hospital and from community to community. So um, just, just seeing a bit more of a, um, a kind of, um, 
sort of equal and yeah stable uh, support would be something but yeah Sharon you you can add to that well, I think you've covered most of it but yeah I, I think you know initially we are really focusing on the support and that will always be our main thing that we want people that you know have a have a twin or triplet bereavement to you know have the best support that they can um but like Susie said we've got lots of ideas about getting into hospital sharing our experience talking to health professionals we've already got a health professional on board with us um we want to like Susie said we want to look at different groups within our twin and triplet community so dad's termination for medical reasons um grandparents you know how to talk to siblings and surviving twins we haven't really touched on the fact that lots of our community have a surviving twin so that's a really um you know really difficult situation where they're living with obviously joy for the the surviving twin um and the obviously devastation that one of their twins or triplets have died um so yeah like you said we've just got loads and loads of good ideas That was Sharon Dark and Susie Schofield, the co-founders of Wargrave-based Footprints Baby Loss. And their website is footprintsbabyloss.org. They're also about to start their first ever fundraising event called Miles in March. You can sign up to complete as many miles in March as might be a challenge for you using any mode of movement. And you can get more details on their website. And we'll provide links to all of this in our episode notes. Thanks so much for listening and goodbye.